Rock Salt Radio. Be afraid also, tremendously afraid, for the day of reckoning is upon us. Broadcasting from within our six feet social distance. Well, yeah. Well, me and the Lord, we got an understanding. What's that understanding, Aaron? We're on a mission from God. Mm-hmm. It's the Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave. On a mission from God. On a mission from God, the band Peter 118 today. Matt, me and Elwood, putting the band back together. Ma'am, you got to understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. It's a holy thing. <laughs> First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lied to me about the band. Now you're going to put me right back in the joint. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. It's like my jeans. They're holy things, too. It's 106 miles to Chicago. we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> uh, it's a big day. We're going to talk about sports and bands and... I don't know. Whatever else comes up. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Yep. Yes, he does. So strike up the band, Sal. Aaron's new favorite song. <laughs> hey, uh, Aaron, I noticed today that uh, when you sent me the playlist, that uh, I, I believe... That you put this playlist together for me. Am I correct in that assumption? Well, you won some harder stuff, and so we, we started with hard. Well, when you sent me the playlist, and uh, I saw the very first song on the playlist, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, but when I saw the very first song on the playlist being one of my all-time favorite songs, um, I went, oh, Aaron made a playlist for me. This is my show. <laughs> Happy birthday, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> did a little late, but it's okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, hey, everybody. Thank you for joining the show. It's Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Uh, to reach us, it's rocksaltradio at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And we're up to 150 uh, followers on Instagram, so we're getting there. Yeah, we're uh, well over 100 on Facebook. Yep. And so uh, follow us there, Instagram. Uh, and then, uh, you know, any... Um, podcast for, uh, platform and YouTube. So uh, and and we're working videos. on we're working on something else that we'll talk about later on in the show. Okay, we need your help. We need your help to make this happen. It can't just be me and Aaron to make it happen. We need the public's help, our friends' help. Yes. So um, we'll talk about that later. Got Peter one one eight Peter Field all the way from the UK coming on the show today talking about. Jesus and punk rock and the prayer pit. It's great. Yeah. It's, uh, we already recorded it. Yeah. So we're going to play it a little later. I blew that, I guess. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, hey, look. Uh, it's an eight hours difference. We had to uh, make adjustments. We had to make it happen, right? Yes. I meant to ask him what time it was over there, and I looked over at your phone as we started this, and I noticed that it was one, two, three, four. It's 1234 here. One, two, three, four. <laughs> 
it's uh, eight hours difference. Yeah. Um, so. so it was eight o'clock over there. Yep. Yeah. So we had to make it happen when we could because uh, I don't like waking up at three or four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so. And so it, it, it was a great conversation, and uh, we really enjoyed it, and uh, can't wait to see him in the States, hopefully. Yeah, it sounds like he comes over here quite often, and I, yeah. I, I'm kind of excited about that. I, Well, listen to the interview. You'll find out. Oh, yes. All right. So um, we bump, flash bump, back to uh, bump, 1998 bump. also. Yep, we do. And, uh, you know, and then we get a little bit of you with Ask Dave. Okay, well, you know, I love swimming in Lake Me, so... Ask Dave coming up. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to swim in Lake Me a little more because, as I said, I feel you put today's music together for my benefit. So I'm going to go a little uh, old school radio on you. How about that? Okay. All right. So here it is. We have got a jam-packed show of uh, Christian rock music. Some you've heard, some you haven't. I'm sure. Man, I wish I could talk this over the intro of the song, but I just don't have the ability to do it. So uh, here we go. We're going to kick it off. Striper from To Hell With The Devil. It's calling on you on the Rock Salt Musecast experience. This is Coffee Shop Keegan from Dead Set, and you're listening to Rock Salt Radio. Rock Salt, Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave Gallows from Crossover. If you're listening to Spotify Premium, you get all the music, and there you are. Now, I was listening to the playlist when you sent it over to me, Aaron, and uh, I kind of dig this band. I'd never heard of them before. Have they been around a while? No, they, they sent me some stuff. Oh. And so we've kind of, uh, they emailed me, I emailed them back, and so I'm hoping to get them on the show uh, later this month. I uh, tell you, it is so polished and produced that I thought it was a a big band that I had never heard of. I yeah. felt I felt out of the loop. I do believe they're from Ohio. Ohio, yeah, I've been around for a while, uh, but they have a great like late '80s, early '90s yeah. sound. What's round on both ends and high in the middle? Yeah, Ohio, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man. man, jokes! Yeah, I got them. <laughs> All well, right. Speaking of jokes, uh, the L.A. Dodgers. What a big joke! Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, we we just uh, well, I finished your fancy wall season, fancy baseball, baseball season. season. Baseball I'm fifth season. of sixth. Yeah, you, you, yeah, and so we had the quarterfinals last week, and I, I it, it was this is how baseball is. I went in and kind of readjusted my team and all that. I didn't touch mine. I know. You didn't touch yours. Because I didn't know what I was doing. And how this works, just to, without boring everybody, is there's certain categories, uh, you know, RBIs, runs, hits, and then for pitchers, ERA and strikeouts. And whoever wins the most categories wins. Well, it was five to four. And I think the RBIs was it. And it was like I, I, my players got two more RBIs than you. So it was really close. Oh, it was, I, huh? I went in <laughs> and adjusted everything, trying to get the best players. Dave stood pat, and still, it was very close. Kind of so, like the Dodgers and the Giants, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the Giants win last night in the 11th inning. Uh, I clearly think 
they are the two best teams in the National League. And it's too bad there's with one will be the wild card and one will be uh, the division winner. Um, it, they will end up playing each other in the second round, not even in the pennant where it would be a seven-game series, which I think would be fantastic. It would mm-hmm. be a lot of drama. And, and both teams, it would be good for baseball because both teams are in big cities that would follow it. Uh, I am not one that believes there's a rivalry between the two teams. Um, are you living under a rock? No. Uh, as far as L.A. fans go, um, there there is no beat San Francisco chance at Dodger Stadium. Well, unless you're in the parking lot wearing a Giants jersey, wow. then there's totally a beat San Francisco <laughs> you know, I'll be going on. Most of those fights, though, between Dodger fans who have something going on but it's giants fans are like quit hitting me (laughs) (laughs) but the giants you know clearly last night you heard a lot of chants beat la and all that so it was a entertaining game i watched um they play uh today and they play tomorrow and so uh it it'd be interesting how this three game series weren't you know works out as long as one of one team the giants won last night so as long as the dodgers don't get swept it's still going to be a race to the end. But clearly, they're the two best teams in the National League, and it would be great to see them in the in the National League pennant. Um, but unfortunately, that cannot happen. It's going to go to the Giants. Uh, okay. <laughs> but we'll see. But we did we did play fantasy uh, baseball last week. Football. And I beat you. Ba- uh, oh, baseball. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we did but- the draft last week, and you got the first pick. Luckily, and and you picked uh, Joe Montana, and yeah, uh, Joe Montana. He, and he was, <laughs> I picked no. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, uh, Roger Staubach. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, you did pick Joe Montana's number because uh, uh, Mahomes, Mahomes is sixteen. Yeah, and so uh, you know why I picked Mahomes because I because I knew the best player. I knew no, I had no idea on who to pick, but. Nancy and Shane were over there in the corner going, pick Mahomes, pick Mahomes. You're stupid if you don't pick Mahomes. <laughs> I was like, well, what about this guy? No, Mahomes. That's the only one you got to pick. <laughs> and so if you're listening for the first time, Nancy is uh, Dave's uh, wife and Shane is the, the son. And Shane's also playing. So who did he pick? Yeah, first? Shane, come over here. Tell us who you picked. He had, uh, um, he had, uh, you know, we're getting him off the couch. Yeah. Now. Well, know. you know, it's his favorite he's, place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's getting old. It's, yeah. So it's hard getting Yeah. Off the 25 couch. is. Yeah. Man, he's getting up there in age. Now, who'd you pick first? Uh, I picked Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Okay. Yeah. Not, not a bad pick, the, the quarterback for the Buffalo yeah. uh, Bills. So, now, again, uh, let's go back to fantasy baseball. Well, quickly. no, real we're quick. Like, okay. Go real ahead. quick. I just want to ask where are we ranked as far as my team, your team? Shane's team, who's ranked where? Well, it's not. It, uh, I do two divisions, and you'll play most of your games in the divisions for fantasy football. Okay. And so the all the guys that are older than forty or close to that are in a division called uh, Over the Hill, mm. and then all the younger guys because it's it's a great. We have ten. Play, we have ten players in the league, and ten are older and five are younger, and so. The the other division all over the board with numbers. I'm yeah, the the, the, the under the it's called under the hill. 
uh, for the under the hill. Guy, the guys should so, have called it the millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I thought of a different name, but I didn't want to be mean. Uh, so it's okay, be mean. Yeah, it makes yeah. it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fantasy baseball. I'm playing my uh, my oldest son, who's uh, probably a bigger baseball fan than I am, and it's close again, like playing you. So I'm I'm actually in the lead. I was up seven and two early, and then it went to six and three. Now I'm only up five to four. So tomorrow it ends on Sunday, and so we're recording this show on Saturday. So we'll see. It's going to be close down to the wire. How's Steve Scott doing? Uh, uh yeah. well, he's he's out. Yeah, he's yeah. You're Sorry, ba- Steve. You're, you're battling him for fifth and six. Oh so. well, so I'm battling for last place, huh? Yes, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, so, hey, so I fancy um, football. Uh, so you picked Josh Allen. Yep. Who is your second pick? Because you said quarterbacks. I think my get on that mic, Shane. Can't hear you. Because oh. uh, you said the draft was based on quarterbacks. So yes. I think my second pick, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to pull it up right now. Okay. Um, I believe it was um, Aaron Rodgers. Okay. The reason why this is quarterback heavy and a lot of points is uh, most fancy, you know, if you score 100 points, you win. In our league, you can score up to like 300, you know, 300 points and, and lose. I scored 300 and something last year and lost to someone who scored a lot more. So, and the reason I did that is uh, when we started this league, uh, my kids were younger. And so I wanted it to be a lot of points and, mm. you know, something. You I wanted to be able to beat them. Well, no, no, <laughs> I popping to it. And so, uh so we've been running this league for probably about seven or eight years. All right. Well, there's a lot of teams in it. I think there was yeah. like 12 teams. Am uh, I wrong? There's 10. There's 10. 10. All right. Yep. I was close. Uh, Aaron, I sent you a, a, an article this week. Okay. A, and hey, thanks, Shane. You're, uh, you're no. a big fan of uh, the uh, – well, you're a big fan of the Dallas Cowboys, and I can't quite figure out why. Yeah. The, you can see the Zoom interview today we did with uh, – yeah, one one eight. I got yeah. the Cowboys shirt. Yeah, on. and uh, Peter one one. Well, actually, Peter one one eight. Peter Field, Field. Uh, mentioned that he had just gotten back, uh, or no, he had just gotten done watching a football match, and I think he saw your shirt and he quantified it by saying, "Well, not American football. <laughs> you guys call it soccer." <laughs> um, yeah, we're a weird country. You know, I guess. Hey, oh no, we don't like that name. We're gonna call it something like Spain. Everybody else calls it España, which is its name, right? But we're but we're American. We go, and eh, no, no, that's not easy enough. We're gonna just call you Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so the article article you sent me was the Dodgers are the most hated. Dodgers chosen as most hated baseball team in the U.S. Uh, this is from uh, uh, Channel Four. Out of uh, Los Angeles, NBCLosAngeles.com. And uh, here's the article. A couple of years ago, I went on national television and made this proclamation. If the New York Yankees are considered the evil empire, then the Los Angeles Dodgers are the Death Star. Uh, that comment came after the Dodgers had gone back-to-back World Series and finished with a franchise record of 106 wins in 2019 after being eliminated in a thrilling Game 5 of the National League Division Series against the eventual champion Washington Nationals. The Dodgers acquired former Cy Young Award winner David Price and former American League MVP Mookie Betts. The Star Wars monikers for baseball teams began in early 2002, and the Yankees had just complained 
or uh, sorry, completed a run of three straight championships between 98 and 2000 and were stealing away every major free agent or trade acquisition from the rival Boston Red Sox. Remember when Alex Rodriguez was traded to Boston before the deal got nixed and he went to New York instead? Yeah. So, well, in 2002, Red Sox president Larry, help me out here, Lucino? Is that how you say his name? Okay. <laughs> okay, you don't know either. No. Was uh, irritated. You're asking me how to pronounce <laughs> yeah. names? Yeah, right. <laughs> you mispronounce everybody's name. Yeah, that's right. Um, he uh, was irritated after losing out on Japanese outfielder Hideki Matsui. I believe that's how you say his name. Yes. And pitcher Jose Contreras to the Yankees in less than a week. The New York, New York Times asked Lucino for a comment about the Yankees signing those two players, and he responded with, The evil empire extends its tentacles even into Latin America. The nickname stuck, and the hated Yankees became synonymous with the Star Wars villains. The pinstripes embraced the nickname and even played the Imperial March, Darth Vader's theme song at home games. For over two decades, the team with the most World Series titles in MLB history became the most hated team in all of sports. However, the Yankees have not been back to the World Series since 2009. And it's the Dodgers that are building a dynasty out west. The acquisition of bets led to the team's first World Series championship since 88, albeit in a 60-game shortened season with the playoffs held in a bubble environment in Arlington, Texas, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. And is that the, uh, is that the year that the Astros cheated? Yes. Okay. Um, entering the 2021 season, both... No, no, the... the- that that's when they won. Oh, they legitimately won. Yeah, last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, entering the 2021 season, both the Dodgers and the Yankees were the overwhelming betting favorites to meet in the fall classic. However, injuries have hampered both team seasons, and each organization has found themselves in second or third place in their own divisions for most of the year. Now, my head is currently spinning at all of that. I don't <laughs> – there's too well, much info. I'm lost. You know – just a, you know, the, both teams are playing well now. the The Dodgers have finally uh, caught the Giants, um, and it's a great. The Giants are a great story, though. I mean, most people had them pick maybe third or fourth in that division, and they're one of the best teams in baseball. Yeah. Now, I, I I'll be honest. I I think with my head here, not with my heart. I think the Dodgers are a better team, but I do think it's close now. Mm. Well, um, we'll so see who the better team is. That that's the playoffs will decide that. Yep. In August, both the Dodgers and the Yankees have gotten hot. New York ran off of a 13-game winning streak to move back into the playoff picture and Los Angeles finished off the month with a record of 19 and 6. Both teams now control their own postseason destiny as they each hold a uh, lead as the top wildcard team. Despite neither team being in first place in their own division, that hasn't stopped fans across the country from hating the two ball clubs. According to BetOnline.ag, a sports betting website that tracked Twitter data for over a month based on geotags, hashtags, and direct keyword associations related to the fans' disdain, for each of the 30 MLB clubs, the Dodgers were the most hated team in America. Interesting. Well, usually um, the team that keeps winning um, is hated. And the Dodgers have been in the last two, last, yeah, last 
three out of the last four real series, I do believe. Um, so the team they lost to, the, the Nationals, I thought was the only team that could beat them because they had better pitching mm-hmm. that year, and they lost. And so... And you know Houston beat them in the World Series, but we come to find out later they had uh, they had, extra they had a help. little help. They had a little help. They had a little help. I, I'm I, again. I don't want the Dodgers to be named the champion because of their little help. Do you think uh, somebody called uh, somebody from the Astros called uh, Tom Brady and said, "What do you think?" No. <laughs> <laughs> what really, hey, Belichick? What, how do we uh, how do we pull this off? <laughs> what really got happened is is some of the guys who had left the Astros started talking to their other buddies and then word got out and investigation was started. And, and again, they cheated. And so, yeah. uh, and I, and I think the Red Sox, did didn't they, little, didn't they finally admit that they cheated too? Well, it was totally obvious because, yeah, but yeah, did they admit it? Uh, some of the players have not. And, but did the team admit it? Uh, yes. Okay. I mean, the general, general manager and the manager were let go. Uh, even though the, the manager uh, is now back with the he's with a different team, I believe, and so and, and the Red Sox kind of did this almost same thing. He's with the Dodgers now, right? <laughs> no, no. And, okay, and so again, again, it you know, it's almost a good thing that you're most hated because that usually means. You're a good team. You're doing something right. Okay. So according to the data that included over 100,000 different tweets and was broken down by state, the Dodgers were the most hated team in nine states. The Yankees finished right behind the Dodgers as the most hated team in eight states and the Houston Astros who were embroiled in a cheating scandal and are loathed by most baseball fans for cheating to win a championship finished in third with seven states. So the Dodgers are hated more. Those, I, I imagine, though, one of those seven states that hates the Astros is California. I'm just saying. I'll get, I, I'm going to so. get to that. So the full state-by-state breakdown is below, including a map of the United States showing the state's results. Now, state-by-state breakdown, uh, as I mentioned, Los Angeles has uh, nine states that hate them. New York, eight states. Houston Astros, seven. St. Louis Cardinals, six. Mets, six. Cubs, four. Red Sox, three. White Sox, three. The Braves, one. The Phillies, one. The Giants, one. And the Indians, one. Uh, And this is kind of how it breaks down. And I'm looking at the map, so I'm kind of working off of my uh, high school geography of (laughs) of the United States. But uh, the Houston Astros are hated in California and Oregon, Washington, Idaho, and Montana, which are all connecting states, by the way, which is interesting. Uh, L.A. is hated in um, Alaska, Arizona, Utah. Uh, I'm trying to... Colorado, New Mexico. And what is right below... What is right below Montana? I've forgotten. Wyoming? Wyoming. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Wyoming. Okay. Uh, you want to you guess the one state that hates San Francisco? Uh, I see here. It's, oh, uh, you looked. Arizona. Right. No. No. Arizona hates LA. Oh, Nevada. Nevada That's hates right. San Francisco. That's right. And also, uh, there's some southern states down there. Now, I'm really, I, I just don't know. But three southern states hate LA as well. Uh, that would be Louisiana. Oklahoma, 
Uh, and I am off on the other one. So, all right. Yeah. So there you go. And then you get up north. And is is this right? Chicago hates the Chicago White Sox. <laughs> am I looking at this map correctly? Um, or is no, it Chicago th- hates Chicago Cubs? No, it looks like North and South Dakota and... Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. And Minnesota hate the White Sox. Yeah. And so... Uh, then, then that's Illinois next to Minnesota, right? <laughs> I'm really bad at yes. this. Yes. So they hate their own team? Uh, well, apparently, yes. <laughs> you, you hate know. your own team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I just thought thought that was interesting because it's not just me. Uh, there's lots of other people out there that hate L.A. That's true. And there's lots of people out there that hate uh, and, the Cowboys. And Boston hates the Yankees, and the Yankees hate the Red Sox. Go so. figure. And they could actually <laughs> end up playing in that one game. Um, wild card game Seriously. against each other. Mm. Oh, that would be, oh my gosh, be a fly in the wall that game. Wouldn't it be great? Oh my gosh, you may not want to bring your little kids though. There might be some language. <laughs> there, there, is, there might be some language. There there might be a few fights. We can be, you know, just sell boxing gloves as they enter in. Hey, you know you what know, I always say? Set up, set up one of those UFC rings outside the octagon. Uh, you know, <laughs> that would be a great idea too. You know, I um, I say it every week. Let the ball players fight like they do in hockey, and you'll make you'll make the game so much more interesting. Could you imagine if they were allowed to fight in a Red Sox Yankees game? Would well, you do, watch that? What well, they do in the faint in, in the in the stands? In yeah, the stands. But I'm talking about the players. So they, they would never fight. Oh, I don't agree. Okay, they I would, don't agree. Come on, never, no. Big rivalry like that? No, no pitcher is hitting somebody else when that's how they make their money, with their hands and their arm. Uh, Nolan Ryan had no problem hitting somebody. No, but he was, you know, Nolan Ryan was. Nolan Ryan. Yeah. He was, he was cowboy. <laughs> you know. All right. That he was. He, old school. Yeah. You know, just call him old school. That's yeah. what he was. Oh, you mean when players were tough? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and let's be honest. I mean, I'm no ball I mean, player, but no, Nolan they aren't make, as tough as they used to be. Some of those pitchers make $15, $20 million a year, and that's what – I bet Nolan made no more than $10 million per year, if that, when he was playing. But not that he was great. It's just the money back then wasn't was now. And so no pitchers hitting somebody else. No, not, Nolan Ryan's off doing like um, – pharmaceutical commercials now or something yeah. like that. But but no one no one who's making 20 million a year is, is hitting somebody with the hands they make that money with. It's happened. They, they may grab a bat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they may grab a bat or something. All right. Well, I, I still maintain they should allow fighting in uh, baseball. You know, it doesn't have to be like every inning. Just, you know, maybe one a game. Keep it interesting. So, all right. But we're going to bring uh, Keegan on from Deadson, and we're going to talk about the playoffs. Yeah, because Keegan's that. a big baseball oh, fan. He's huge. And big. So. Well, no, he's not huge. He's a huge baseball fan. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, we got Petra coming up. Oh, and, your uh, favorite. Yeah. and All fired you know, up. All fired up. Just like the uh, fans will be tonight in San Francisco. There you go. They're going to be fired up. This mm-hmm. is Rock Salt Musecast Experience. 
Hey everybody, this is Jenny from the band Saving Jackie, and you're listening to Rock Stop Newscast Experience with Aaron and Dave. Rock Salt, I'm Dave Peril. This is Aaron Sound. And we've got new shows every week on demand on Spotify. Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave. And on the Zoom call, we've got Peter 118. Peter Field. Peter Field. From Peter yeah. 118. Oh, okay. Yeah. There, there's the live studio audience, Peter. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. From England, from the UK. <laughs> How you doing? Yeah, good. 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 So, uh, from the UK, where in the UK are you? So, I'm from Stoke-on-Trent, England, which is kind of smack bang in the middle of the UK. So, we're in between Manchester and Birmingham, um, and it's where the Industrial Revolution kind of happened. Really? You know, in the 1800s. So. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'll, I'll break out my map of jolly old England and try to figure out where you are right now. But. You don't have that posted in the bedroom? <laughs> yeah, home no. to the potteries. What's that? Home to the potteries. We used to make pottery in the Industrial Revolution. So that's oh, really? What the area was known for. Oh, wow! I didn't know that. Well, um, I do know because you're Peter One One Eight is a punk band. Yeah, uh, and and you have another project which we're going to talk about in a minute that is a little. I don't know. It's not. It's not punk, but it is right. Would you describe? <laughs> Yeah, well, the PJF project, Put Jesus First, came out of lockdown. So in the in, during lockdown and COVID, we couldn't do any gigs and we couldn't practice or rehearse. So um, it was just me working with a producer in a studio and it turned out to be kind of like a, a metal punk project. Gotcha. So that's kind of- yeah, it's there. It's. Two different kinds of punk. It's two, two, two punks to go that go together. <laughs> if you remember that old commercial, um, well, let's start. Let's start with Peter One One Eight. I want to. I, I want to go on the way back machine to the very beginning because you were in a band originally called the. Uh, it starts with an S. I've forgotten the name of the the band. So I, I was in a secular punk band called Senseless. Senseless. Um, Senseless. Yeah, and I did that for about, you know. Um, in my early days um, for about five or six years and then I became a Christian so then um, Senseless ended and then I formed Peter 118 so which is kind of like um, it's Christian punk so still being connected to the punk scene but you know doing it um, you know with a message and a purpose yeah Um, and that's where Peter 118 came from I want to I want to dive right into how you became a Christian because uh, a lot of the times the punk scene does not align itself with the Christian scene and your music in Peter one, one eight is so overtly Christian. There's no doubt what you're about that. That seems like a huge swing. How did that occur? Well, um, Towards the end of Senseless, um, I started, the, the band ended, you know, we cancelled a, a second European tour and um, I didn't I didn't know what to do next. So I joined a, a local church um, and I, as I was driving in the car, I kept getting this message in my head, Grace, and I didn't realise what Grace was until, you know, I developed, you know, an understanding and developed that relationship with God. Um, you know, God's unconditional love. 
Um, um, also, um, from the damage from the punk scene, I developed tinnitus in my right ear, which is, you know, it was ringing all the time. But Jesus healed me. Wow. And because um, I was gonna, I would get, gonna give up music completely, you know, because I didn't. It was affecting my sleep patterns, and Jesus healed me. Um, and then I, he sent me back into the punk scene, but under Peter One One Eight. Wow! It's like he picked you up, did some work, fixed you up, and then put you where he wanted you. Yeah, and sent me back. Yeah, that's cool. I like that yeah. story, Aaron. That's a good story. Yeah, um, your wife is in the band. Peter 108, correct? Well, well she was, and okay. we had a baby. Um, so, Janine, my wife, was the bass player, but um, 18 months ago, we had a baby, Daisy. So, Janine stepped down, um, and we got, you know, we got another member of the band, um, and we've got another baby due in um, November, so I think Janine will be busy with the, the new baby as well, so we'll have two children. So um, Wow, well, congratulations. Yeah, th- Thank you. So I'm not sure she's going to rejoin Peter 118, uh, you know, anytime soon because, uh, you know, with childcare, um, if we're doing gigs, someone will need to look after the children. And right. You know, Janine feels called to, called to that. Right. Um, did you find Jesus together? No. Um, it, was, it was all on a, a different path. So I became a Christian in 2005, 2006. I was living in Stoke-on-Trent. And then when I I went, I moved to live in Walsall, which is near in Birmingham. And that's when I met Janine. So I started to attend the Andrew Womack Bible College and attended a local church. And Janine used to go to that local church. And then we met. Um, and then, you know, 12 months later, we got married. Wow. That's awesome. And I, I saw pictures on Instagram uh, um, of you and your child uh, on vacation and all that. And uh, nothing better than uh, spending time with your, your little one. And so. Yeah, yeah we, we, we like taking it to the beach and the farm and she's learning words. And, <laughs> you know, she's enjoying it. Now, I saw one of the pictures, you had a surfboard. Yeah, so you we've surf? been. Um, yeah, I've, we've started to, well, I've started to surf in um, Northumberland, which is in the northeast of the UK. Um, 16 degrees C, um, the water temperature is, and I got a wetsuit. Um, so it's um, not as warm as Californian. Um, <laughs> well, you know, you know, uh, uh, Peter, we all surf out. If you're a Californian, it's required. Gavin Newsom requires that by law that you have to surf. So oh, yeah. Aaron and I are going out after, uh, you know, after we're done here. Oh, wow. We're going to go grab our boards and go surf. We're going to skateboard. We're going to skateboard. Yeah, we're going to skateboard down to the beach and go surf. <laughs> The beach, oh, the beach is about two hours away from yeah, us. We're so. we're a little landlocked, yeah. but uh, so everybody, not horribly. Everybody, everybody thinks you know. Everybody in California surfs and does all those things. But uh, well, you know I, the picture I, I liked on Instagram. I'm cutting you off here, okay, Aaron. But uh, the picture I liked on Instagram was the picture because it caught my eye. You had the Amoeba Music logo in there and pictures of Hollywood and the the I think it was the Capitol Record building that was in the in the photo as well. So you, how do you like Hollywood? How do you like California? Yeah, well, we loved it. I went out there a couple of times. Um, so in 2017, um, we did a tour out there and stayed at um, Jet from CPR's house and we did a tour with CPR and Thumper Punk Records and we were playing in the Christian punk scene. But I also made some connections for 
with some DJs out there. So a DJ called Rodney, Rodney Bingenheimer, who works on, um, he, he, he had a show on KRO. K-R-O-Q. Yeah, the, wor- the world famous K-Rock, which is a great K-Rock. alternative station. Yeah, I used to listen yeah. to that. Man, uh, I would visit Southern California. I'm in Northern California. I would visit Southern California because I had a lot of family down there. And that was actually one of the things I looked forward to was I would get to listen to K-Rock because it's such yeah, a cool station. Well, Rodney was playing our songs on K-Rock and um, he, we, he, he invited us out to meet him in Hollywood. So we went out to um, meet him and have dinner. And then after that summer tour, he then invited us back in December. So I flew back out and we did a gig um, for Rodney's Christmas. He put out a record in Ariba Music. So it was like a Christmas party. Oh, nice, nice. So it was a short break. Yeah, you did. A, you have a live recording. Um, yeah, we, we when we were out there, we got... Um, we got some people from a local studio um, and they recorded it, um, one of our live gigs, and we had it mastered out in America. And nice. then we put it out on CD. So, uh, well, number one, that's where the live in L.A. comes from, right? That's that show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, lo- I love that album. Yeah, it's it, a great album. And I, I tell you what, um, you, you love uh, being on stage and having fun. And uh, yeah. and talking to people, you know, the, uh, very rarely in live albums do you hear the musician talk to the audience during the the cut, mm-hmm. you know. But on his live album, it's can, all he, there. He, yeah, he can. He's talking to the you know the whoever's there. But you know, here's what I have to say about okay. about bands that talk to the audience. Either you do, and you're very interesting. Like we talk about, uh, we saw Lacey Sturm, and she before she even played a song. She spoke for 18 minutes and everybody was hanging on every word. And then I've seen other bands where I go, okay, could you please stop talking? Just play some music. So it all depends on how interesting you are. But I do love a, an act that interacts with the audience because it, you're both, it's symbiotic. You know, you feed off of, the, yeah. off of the energy in the room, right? And they're feeding yeah. off the energy you're putting out. Yeah. And well, it's you know, it's um, connecting with people. That's why we. That's why I do music through evangelism to connect to people. Yeah. Well, uh, you, you say that it makes me think of uh, Almost Famous. Have you seen the movie Almost Famous? A, a while back. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, that's what the lead singer says in that. He goes, "I connect. Yeah. That's what I do." And yeah. uh, but it, it is. That's that's the job of the the front man is to connect. You know, you know, on your yeah. live album, you, you open up, you said, well, I'm going to pray some British punk rock. And I have a yeah. question, and I'm not, not trying to be snarky or anything like this. What's the difference between British punk rock and American punk rock? Oh, I know Is the it, answer. Oh, okay. I know the answer, okay. but I'm going to let Peter answer. Okay. <laughs> Well, the British punk rock is more like more like the Sex Pistols and the Clash. It's got a raw feeling. Okay. And the American American punk rock is like Green Day. Green Day, yeah, Green Day. Osprey. It's more old school. British punk is more old school. Okay. Um, we yeah. got the Ramones. That they're an old school, but it's it's a bit different. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a, like it's a little more dirty and raw. Okay. In the sound of yeah, it, it's more heavy or um, it's very, very British. It's, it's yeah. Well, Green Day is like polished. Cool. Yeah, they're very polished. They're but pro- if you heard their first albums, they were very old school punk. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, MXPX, to me, I thought they were very polished. They're polished. Where, where Peter, Peter 118, is, like you said, very raw, just... Well, when I there. when I listened to the album, I mean, I already knew you were from the UK, but when I listened to the album, I went, "Oh, I can hear the Sex Pistols in here." And I was going to ask you all your influences, but I mean, it's clear what your influences are. I mean, uh, there's the yeah. Sex Pistols. And I, uh, there's some Ramones in there. You know, it's all old school punk. Yeah, the Clash. I'm 69. But, you know, I grew up in the 90s, so I grew up listening to Green Day and Rancid and Offspring. And a lot of my bands I was listening to were from, like, California, mm -hmm. um, San Francisco, Huntington Beach. But um, I've got still got that British influence, so I kind of mix my, you know, I mix it with that, with that style. Yeah. I, I mean, even, uh, and I can't remember which song it was. It's the song that starts out kind of acoustic, and it's got, I'm assuming, your wife doing vocals on it as well. What song uh, is that? Um, oh. My radio. Yeah. Off. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you even, your voice even sounds a little like um, the dude from the Bloodhound Gang. I was like, I've heard that no, voice before. I've <laughs> heard that voice. Oh, yeah, that's the Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> but, yeah, so you, but. It's cool that you take all these ingredients and make it your own because your yeah. sound is truly your own. Do you ever find that um, the very overt Christian lyrics to your songs don't mesh well with the punk scene when you go out to play a club? Um, it's not, not live, but more on social media. Oh really? So I don't. Yeah, I don't know if you know about the story of what happened with UK pop punk and and Peter One One Eight. No. So, uh, it's, uh, very quickly, um, UK pop punk is a Facebook group of sixteen thousand people, and it's um, it's the main Facebook group um, for for pop punk in the UK, and they picked up on Peter One One Eight. And they changed their name to Peter One One Eight UK as a joke because we were a Christian band <laughs> to kind of like to kind of take the Mickey out of us. Right. But the joke reversed because it exposed us to sixteen thousand people in the UK. Yeah, because they're so going, "Who's we, Peter One One Eight? Exactly. So then we started overnight. I had an increase in my YouTube views of about six thousand. Nice. And then people. And then people were kind of coming up to us at gigs and at, at festivals and wanting pictures. And, and it, it made Peter 118 into a meme, but it exposed Peter 118 to the whole of the UK pop punk scene. And we had a booking agent and we got, we were playing, we played a big festival um, and we were playing some good venues. And, um, you know, we got criticism as well, but I also, so that happened in 2018 and then I got kicked off UK pop punk in 2019 because it, yes, it's fun for a meme, but when people actually realized that's what I actually believe, mm -hmm. they weren't that interested really. So then, you know, I was um, deleted from their Facebook group. Oh, you spoke up. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, How so dare you speak it, up? It, it's all right as a joke, but you know, we do Christianity for real. So, right. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I saw this on Facebook and I've, I've uh, corrected people a few times on this one. And I know it's just a joke when they post it, but, and maybe you don't know this, Aaron, but uh, the Green Day song, When September Ends, is about Billy Joe's dad dying and how he dealt with it. And when he was a kid, he, that was something he said. His dad died and he's like, just wake me up when September ends because this is horrible. But now it's become a meme. It's become a joke. 
that, um, uh, you know, September 1st, everybody starts posting this meme. Everyone wake, posts it when wake, September ends. Yeah, wake <laughs> me up when September ends. And, and I, I'm, I don't judge people. You know, say what you want to say, do what you want to do, but at least know the history behind it. And that's what I would I'm like. You know, that's a song about his dad dying. You can post it. I don't care if you find it funny or you got your reasons, whatever. But I think that if I wrote that song about my dad dying, I'd jump in and, and have something to say about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a fine line between fun and hurt, hurtful. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't hit by it because you know you brush things off, but um, you know what I mean. It's it's you know it's um, be in the world but not of the world, and it was kind of my views on abortion because I'm you know I don't agree on abortion, but in a secular world in the UK, you know people find that offensive, so that's that's what happened. Yeah, well, we got our own thing going on over here. I don't know if you've heard, but uh, you know Texas passed passed a law that uh, you can't uh, abort a baby that with a, with a heartbeat. As soon as there's a heartbeat, you can't abort. And uh, uh-huh. uh, people are calling, uh, calling the law or, and the supporters of it the Texas Taliban. And I'm like, yeah. well, can you explain to me why something with a heartbeat should be killed? I know, yeah. It's bit, I think there's a lot of liberalism going on. Um, so, you know, so my my particular comment was, I said, you know, stop killing babies, and whether I was right or wrong, it's still my view at the end of the day. But as a result of it, I got kicked out of UK pop punk. Well, and that's <laughs> that that's a problem with cancel culture. Is you know, uh, nobody can have a viewpoint that's different from anybody else's. You know, and yeah. if you if you do, well, you're canceled. You're out. And, yeah, uh, yeah, not what happened. you know, that's, that's just wrong. It really is. Uh, yeah. I, I listen to people who have a viewpoint supporting abortion and they've sometimes they've got a good viewpoint on it. You know, they've got their yeah. reasons or whatever. Um, we stop learning from each other when we just cancel things we don't like. Yeah. Yeah. And you so I went back to the, um, there's a big festival called slam dunk. And I had threats saying, if you're going to go there, we're going to get you and this and that, trying to intimidate me. But, but I turned up anyway at the festival and people were fine with me. They yeah. even said, look, we don't we don't agree with your views on abortion, but I think it was wrong how you were treated in the UK pop punk scene. So, you know, Peter Womanate just continues regardless anyway, regardless what the... Did you, what, find, what, that what, it, what, you, did know. you find that it was a setback for you at all? Um, we lost... Um, the gigs stopped coming in, um, and we, you know, the booking agents ended, and we didn't get as big a shows. But we just continued anyway. And and then in 2019, COVID happened, so it was kind of it was it was slowing down, and then COVID came. So, yeah. Well, you know, um, I would think that you're you're if you're a man of of honor and conviction. And you got God on your side, you really got nothing to worry about. Yeah, well, that's it. God can open doors because you know we were still getting, you know, we were still getting our play, and we were still, you know, we were still doing the extreme tour gigs. So you know, where where one door closes, another one opens. Exactly, exactly. That's uh, that's what I've said about our show. You know, is is 
you know, if somebody, I told Aaron, if somebody ever came along and said, uh, you know, we don't think what you're doing is very Christian, and that's not very Christian, like, well, you know, you cannot listen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not changing who I am, just like you didn't change who you are. Be a man of, of your word. Be a man of conviction. Stand by what you say and do. Admit when you're wrong. And, uh, you know, you become a wall. And that's the only yeah. way to beat cancel culture is to not um, fall prey to it. Yeah. That's the only way to beat it. Um, yeah. All right. You want to get into a song here, Aaron? Yeah, I do. But I, I, we're going to play uh, your latest single. Um, and I'm not going to butcher the name. Excruciantal? Yeah, Excruciantal. Um, that's, that is about... Um, Jesus, you're the way, the truth, and the life. And it's talking about, you know, um, excruciating. You can have excruciating pain in your life, but, you know, God is there for us, and Jesus is there for us. So, uh, excruciantal, or our excruciantal there we go thanks yeah, dave, dave it's actually not it's actually not a word so <laughs> excruci i made it up <laughs> that's all right musecast <laughs> isn't a word either we made it up <laughs> all right so it's the rock salt musecast experience and with peter 118 
from Pizza 118 from the UK and check out Rock Salt Radio Podcast. There is no way that this world could ever stop me giving you glory. No way that this world could ever stop me giving you glory. Above your glory shines around Things do, they come and go But things remain their same Your love is forever And it's never gone away There is no way That this world Could ever stop me Giving you glory No way That this world Could ever stop me Giving you glory Salt Musecast experience with Aaron and Dave and back with Peter, Peter Field. Field from yes. Peter 118. And also, you were in a band called Ambassadors of Shalom. Now, yeah, I now, was Ambassadors of Shalom. Okay, uh, just based off the name, I was like, Ambassadors of Shalom. I envision, I envision like some, you know, Hasidic Jews up on stage doing the punk rock thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that all about? What was Ambassadors of so, Shalom about? Um, when I um, finished Senseless and was doing Pizza 118, I met up with a guy called Neil. And, and Neil said, do you want to, you know, let's form a band, um, Ambassadors of Shalom. And I was the bass player in the band. And, ne- and Neil's son was in the band. And we did one album on Thumper Punk Records. And that must have been around 2012 to 2013. Um, we just did it. it was just like a one album band um and we lasted for like 12 to 18 months wow. did a few punk shows but it was you know i enjoyed playing with aos yeah and now where do you come up with a name like ambassadors of shalom what's that about that wasn't my doing that was all neil oh, okay so, um I was, yeah i was kind of the bass player in the band did so. he just think it was funny or 
I didn't bust that. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. think it's funny. I think it's a great name. It was, it was a strange name, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I could totally see it on a punk flyer, you know. Saturday at the Whiskey Ambassadors of Shalom. You're like, yeah, I'm there. I love the AOS. <laughs> um, now, you got PFJ. No, PJF. Because I was gonna, I was gonna ask you what PFJ was, and you told me earlier what PJF stands for. I was gonna say Peter Field and Jesus. Uh, you know. But well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should switch that around. Yeah, you could be the name. <laughs> uh, was, what, so tell me about PJF. So PJF came out of lockdown. So in the UK during COVID and lockdown, you know, bands couldn't re rehearse. We couldn't gig. We couldn't meet up. Um, so it, it was just me and my guitar and connecting with a metal producer in Leicester and out came um, this new like punk metal sound um, PJF put Jesus first and I did um, a single last year called see it through um, and then I did another one called rise up which has recently been done and and I'm gonna be doing another metal song um, Psalm 82 so um, and that'll be under put Jesus first with the metal producers Okay, so I want to, first of all, you keep th throwing out the name Thumper Punk, Thumper Punk Records, which I've heard that of that label. Yeah, No Lost Cause is on it. No Lost Cause. I've also seen, I've seen the logo. I love the logo. I want a sticker of that Thumper Punk Rabbit. <laughs> I love that thing. But um, they've been around a while, and are they yeah. just uh, are they just solely like punk Christian acts or do they? Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're entirely Christian punk label. Okay, um, they had a thumper punk had I think one of the largest catalogs going. You know, like um, Tooth and Nail used to be quite big in the nineties. Yeah, but I think thumper, thumper punk had just as big a catalog as um, Tooth and Nail. Oh, really? It's kind of like. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tooth and Nail used to be really a lot of punk. MXPX, Value Pack. And well, I remember like Plank Eye was on Tooth yeah, and Nail yeah, and Goaty yeah. Hook. And, 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 and now you have Disciple that's on Tooth and Nail. Yeah. You, you have... Um, but they don't seem as big as they used to be in the 90s. Am I right? They're not. Yeah, they're, you know, a lot of the rock and metal isn't as big as it was. Um, but if you're into Christian punk, you, you would now go to Thumper Punk Records and not really Tooth and Nail, because Tooth and Nail doesn't have that much punk stuff. But Thumper Punk, you know, have has all the. If you're if you're a Christian punk band, you want to be on Thumper Punk Records. See, and I, I could be totally wrong about this, but uh, Tooth and Nail seems like a polished. Uh, label, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, well, they've they, been around for a while. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like they're at first. But, at first, they were flying by the see their pants. They had MXPX slick, slick shoes, and all, there were a lot of young, yeah, punk bands. But Thumper Punk, and I hope nobody gets offended by the <laughs> the comparison I'm going to do here. Kind of reminds me of uh, Fat Mike's album uh, record label. Fat Mike from yeah, No like Effects. Fat, yeah, like Fat Records. Yeah, yeah Fat Records. Like raw, raw, yeah. punk, raw punk music. They're in the scene. I mean, they yeah. are. it's like punk records by punk people for punk people. It's all punk. Am I right? Well, yeah, and Thumper Punk do like Christian punk nights. So I, every time I've been out to California, 
I've played the Thumper Punk Records nights, and you get all the Christian punk bands together in one event. Uh huh. And it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's great. Um, I bet the prayer pit I erupts. I <laughs> yeah, I wish something like, like that happened in the UK, but um, if it happens in California, we fly to California. Well, uh, definitely, if you come out to California, let us know, and uh, yeah. we'll we'll meet up for sure. Um, but I, the, the, let me get back to Tooth and Nail. Okay. Uh, no, the, the Supertones, mm-hmm. basically, when they signed with them, put them on the map. They just... They went to every small town and played, and they became huge. But uh, it would be great to go to a like a thumper puck. Oh, I think uh, that would be fantastic show night or whatever. Fantastic! I would love to see that. Um, yeah. I didn't even, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I had seen the label before, but I see a lot of little labels, and I don't pay a lot of attention. And but this one keeps popping up for me over and over and over again, and now I'm starting to pay attention. So. Um, I, by the way, the prayer pit is what I call the mosh pit at a Christian show. It's the prayer pit. So when I say the prayer pit, it reps. Does I'm serious. No, though. Does the mosh pit get crazy at a Christian punk show? It can do. Yeah, it can do. (laughs) Yeah. See, I think that's fantastic. I mean, I can't mosh anymore. I used to get down in the pit, but I had surgery on my leg and I can't do it anymore. The doctor said, well, you mosh. You're mushing to God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, um, I was, I, I really hurt my leg, and I went to the doctor, and he said, well, what do you like to do, you know, for physical activities? And I said, I, I'm not really into sports or anything like that. What I really like to do is I like to get into the pits at concerts. And he said, yeah, you're not doing that anymore. <laughs> so I, I stand on the sideline now, and I, I watch from there. But I... I it's the energy that everything that's it created in the room. And there's, there's some shows I've been to that I go, uh, the energy's not there. And then there's some, I went, I didn't think there'd be any energy and wow. You know, and that's, that's what I love about these, these punk shows is you got, like we were saying before, you're all feeding off of each other. And there's this crazy energy in the room. It's just, you can't describe it any other way. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Does it uh, does it put a smile on your face when you see this stuff going it, on in the crowd? It, it, it does, yeah. And it, well, it's good for community. You know what I mean? All the Christian punk bands getting together because Thumper Punk have created a Christian punk community. Um, you know what I mean? With all the bands and the connections and the you know, there's a producer at Saf Idol from. Um, um, he was in a Thumper Punk band and he's, you know, he d- produces all the records and Thumper Punk are going to release, um, they're, they're doing like an Officer Negative, um, they were a band in the 90s, an off- Officer Negative, a bit like old school Rancid style. Oh, getting nice. like lo- loads of bands together to like collaborate. So I'm doing some vocals with Jet from CPR and then they're getting other bands from America and we're all doing this song together. So that's going to be like a Thumper Punk release. You know, it's oh, pretty awesome. 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 Well, you did do uh, something kind of like that collaborative with Rob from No Lost Cause, right? Yeah, we did a split EP. Um, that was really interesting because we went, um, we partner with um, like the Extreme Tour. So the Extreme Tour comes to the UK and we went to the Objective in Nashville and playing on the same bill was um, No Lost Cause. 
So I was chatting to Rob and he let us use some of his equipment out there. And we said, why don't we do a split EP? Oh, that's awesome. See, uh, Rob's yeah. just, Rob's a great guy. I really like Rob. Yeah. And uh, I've met Rob a few times. He, yeah, he's top guy. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, he's doing a side pro- project himself. So a little heavy, like heavier yeah. stuff. Uh, Swift Kick, I think is the name of it. Yeah, I don't remember the name, but I remember him talking was, about it. Yeah. Um, so now when I, when I first heard of P- Peter 118, I thought that the, was the name of Rob's album. And so I was asking him about it. He goes, oh, no, Peter 118, that's another band. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's where we got turned on to you. So Rob turned us on to you. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Now, where does the name Peter 118 come from? It comes from Psalm, Psalm 118, you know, where we play to God and not to man, and we're surrounded by our enemies, but God protects us. And that's where, that's the basis of Peter 118. So, um, how did that uh, did that just pop into your head, or were you yeah reading yeah, one day and it, no, it just popped yeah. in. See, it's it the in, yeah. best ideas, just boom. Yeah, there they well, are. I think that's how that's how God works. Once He gives us ideas, it, it generates and it, it, you know it develops into other things. Right, right, and it's well, it's obviously grown for you because you know you. you you were talking about the the whole UK punk scene and how you might have been on the out and for some of your views, but regardless, the band has continued a gradual growth. Am I correct? Yeah. Even through the pandemic, yeah. right? Yeah, um, we you know we we just continue to uh, you know go wherever God wants us. And, you know, Psalm 118 is at the center of Peter 118 and Jesus is at the center. So, you know, we've got a song called Follow Him. Jesus washed away my sin, turned to Christ and follow him. And we sing that at our gigs. And, um, you know, it's evangelism. Yeah. yeah. As I said, there's no doubt when you listen to a Peter 118 album, you guys are Christian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, and not, I don't say this in a bad way. You're, you're preaching to me as I'm listening to the music. And yeah, how come? Yeah, it's, it's very forthcoming. He, he reminded me of the Altar Boys. Yeah. Really, a, a band I used to listen to as a teenager. And so wow. I was listening to your stuff and, and trying to figure out which ones were my favorite to play on the show. And man, I was like, man, they're like the Altar Boys. Yeah, you know they, they an updated the Alter, version. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, Michael Stan put out an album a couple of years ago with Alter Boys. It was a little bit updated, but you know, I like the old Alter Boys. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's just life begins at the cross. I mean, you, you no doubt that's a great song. Like, like Peter one one eight, that they were Christians. And Peter's probably sitting over there going, "I hate that band, man. <laughs> Stop comparing me to." <laughs> no, I'm not talking about the music. Because yeah, no, were, I'm just they, I'm making a joke. They they were more, they were punk but grunge. And yeah, but they were eighties. Yes, but and but Peter is more Peter One One Eight is more as you said old school punk. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we made um, we made friends with One Bad Pig, so I don't know. Oh, if nice. You, if yeah, we, um, they were an eighties band, so we played um, at Rainbow Rock in Sweden, and One Bad Pig were playing at the event, so. Um, when he when the singer Carrie Womack came over to one of the UK festivals, um, he sang on stage with us and we recorded 
smashed the guitar and a couple of One Bad Pig songs, and we put them out on like a live CD as well. Oh man, you're just all over the place, man. I, I actually got to see them in concert. Yeah, I didn't see the one yeah, bad pig with the res band. They were playing. Oh here. man, you're making local, me envious now. Local high school. So two bands I I would like to see that I've never seen. Um, and we did um, we did a cover of um, an eight, another eighties band called Blood Good. So we've done a punk version of their song Seven. What? So that was, um, oh, Blood Good. Blood Good. Yes. Blood Good. Blood good. Oh wow. All right. <laughs> I'm interested in hearing that. They played in Sweden also, so we met, we supported Bloodgood, and we said, why don't you do a a punk version of one of our songs, and we did. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool of them. How were those guys? Nice guys? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, no. Guys, Les Carlson. Nice. Um, I want to do another break here. We're going to play some more Peter 118. Yeah, okay. Are we going to do some PFJ in here? Uh, yes. Or PJF? P- yeah. See? We're going to include it. Peter yeah. Field and Jesus. It's what it's always going to be to me. I'm sorry, man. It's just what it is. You're going to have to fix all that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have to change your name for Dave. Yeah, you're going to have to change it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can do another break. All right. Yeah, uh, let's do one more break. Because I, I do want to talk to you about some of your influences. Uh, because they're bands I'm really into as well. So... We'll, we'll come back on that. So PJF right now on Rock Salt Musecast Experience. Yeah. 
from the Ward 66, and you are listening to the dynamic duo of podcasters, Aaron and Dave on Rock Salt Radio. Salt Musecast experience with Aaron and Dave back with Peter Field, all the way from the UK and Peter One One Eight among PJF. See, I got it right that time. PJF. Yeah. So, what's up, Peter? Um, I wanted to talk to you about some of your influence. I, I saw this online and it said you're influenced by Green Day and The Offspring, and uh, uh, and there's a band I'm forgetting, but uh, these are band. These yeah. are all bands I'm into as well. Yeah. All the great buns. <laughs> yeah. So I did, 
I grew up in the 90s, so I was very much, I was 14 when Green Day came out and Offspring and Rancid. So I was just, you know, taken in by all this awesome music. And I grew up, you know, listening to those bands, Green Day, Rancid, Offspring, um, you know, and then you had the Christian band, MXPX. Right. Um, but then I also got my British influence. So I was very much into the Sex Pistols, the Clash, the Buzzcocks, Sham 69. And a lot of these bands were, you know, were all touring the UK. So when we had punk gigs in the UK, it wasn't the American bands playing, it was the UK bands. Right. So um, in my early days, we were, I was supporting a lot of these old school bands like Stiff Little Fingers, UK Subs. Um, and so I, that's where my influence comes from. I kind of mix the old school with, you know, with the nineties new school and out comes, you know, the sound of Peter one one eight. Yeah. You do it nicely. And, uh, now by the way, Aaron, we're going to get to see rancid at aftershock. We're going to see rancid in October. They're going to be oh, here in well, Sacramento. And, and I'm going who, huh? And yeah. So, yeah. And I'm going now, who, now, you, now so. you're going to know. Yeah. Now so. you're going to know. It's a, it's a good mix between me and him because I grew up listening to pretty much Christian music. And so I know a lot of these bands and I'm kind of introducing them to Dave and Dave, uh, grew up in church, but I listened to a lot, a lot of secular music. Secular I worked music. in radio and yeah. I, I listened to a lot of and secular music. So he's music. introducing me, you know, we're going to go see kiss next weekend. So that's yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, now, Favorite Green Day album? Let me ask you. Favorite Green Day album? Well, I grew up in the nineties, so it's got to be Dookie. Dookie, yeah. Dookie, yeah. you know, I I fought it for a long time. I didn't like that album, and then it just kind of grew on me. And it might Woodstock might have had something to do with it because I still watch them getting mud slung at them at Woodstock, and they weren't really big yeah. at that point. And uh, they stood there and just slung the mud back, and I went, "That's see, that's the right thing to do. It's not the yeah. the right thing is not to get upset, but to connect with the crowd, and that's what they did, and it worked out well for them. My favorite, by the way, uh, and you know, I'm probably uh, I'm probably on the outs here, but um, American Idiot. I think it's just a great album. It is a good album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Holiday. Yeah. Great song. I, I you know the 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 trilogy thing or whatever he put in there that uh you know jesus of suburbia and saint jimmy and i love that song and he does it live and it's even better so uh great band and we're gonna see the offspring as well at aftershock see you're gonna have to come over come on over peter and go to aftershock with us i'll get i'll line you up a ticket man it sounds good. I've just bought Offspring's new album, and it's it's really good. Yeah, I haven't I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, I I do like. I'm not a big fan of Smash, but uh, the stuff between like Ixne on the Ombre and uh, uh, probably you know the original Gangster, original Prankster. What album was that? Yeah, I, I forget out what album that was, but uh, man, some great stuff. So yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to toss that stuff out. I wanted to talk to you about those bands. So are shows happening now, or are you still, you know, is it is everything starting to loosen up where you are? Bit by bit. Like, we've, we did an acoustic gig last week, and okay. that was the only gig. We, we, we last played as a live band in 2019, December 19, and since then we've just done two acoustic gigs because we've been in lockdown, and we've been in local lockdown, and gig and music was stopped. 
So, we, you know, it was strict rules in the UK. Things are now starting to open up. Um, so I've been to my first live gig um, last month, and that was for two years. So wow. things, festivals, the testing festivals out in the UK at the moment. You know, Aaron, in comparison to some of these other countries I've read about, uh, like Australia, New Zealand, probably the UK, I haven't read about it, but um, we're we're not on lockdown over here. What we're considering, considering really restrictive, these guys are like, uh, I know in Australia, they said, don't leave the house and don't talk to your neighbor. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Last Christmas, we couldn't even visit our family. Yeah, that's insane to me. Insane. And you couldn't, the gyms were all shut. You couldn't go to the gym. You couldn't, yeah, and you could go to the park once, once or twice a day. Really strict rules. Yeah. You know, that you'd expect something from Russia or, you know, under communism. Right. And um, it was really strange. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people are are saying over here but we've got it light compared to what some of these other countries you know are going through right now it's damaged our music scene tremendously because um there was no music for 18 months and no government compensation so a lot of the musicians were finding other jobs yeah so now we've kind of left a gap where you would have sound engineers stage workers all that's gone because they've had to find other jobs to survive because the government wasn't providing any money. Yeah, it's just, that, that kind of happened over here. There were no venues to play at, and these bands that that were you know made their money off of touring, they're they're now doing mm-hmm. Patreon or or you know some YouTube thing you got to pay for or whatever, and uh, uh, doing what they can to just keep it alive because it's not just the band or the singer that is out the money you've got all these roadies and sound guys and yeah. you know all these techs and stuff that that if you got a good one you want to hang on to them and if they're going hey I, you're not torn i don't got no money uh i'm gonna have to go weld for a living yeah you you lost you know a part of your band didn't you yeah i mean yeah, even though they're not on stage bouncing around they're still part of the yeah. band you and, know, you know, I'd be I'd be interested to see what bands are still going. Um, like we've kept monthly practices to keep the ball rolling, but I think a lot of Christian bands in the UK that there isn't many bands anyway. You're only talking between eight and ten Christian alternative bands for the whole country. But now a lot, a lot of those bands, you know, I'm not sure if they're still going. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. And you know, there's a. You just answered one of the questions I was just about to ask, which is there is there much of a uh, Christian rock scene out there? Because over here, at least, the rock, Christian rock scene is starting to take off. There's more and more bands. Yeah, in the UK, not re- like I said, there's between eight and ten alternative Christian bands, or there might even be less. Um, so we don't have a Christian music industry. We have, you know, a couple of Christian radio stations, but, you know, the numbers of the church are in decline. So, for example, at our church, you know, maybe 16 people, 8 people, 10 people. A lot of churches are 
a lot of churches have closed down as well, um, wow. you know, because of COVID and lockdown. So churches weren't allowed to meet. Um, and the church numbers are in decline anyway in this country. So that's why we rely on American bands or touring bands coming over, like the Extreme Tour, um, to come and, you know, support what we're doing. Yeah, see, I mean, the churches are kind of hurting over here, but, you know, we got this little thing called the Constitution that says uh, you can't close down a church. Yeah, that, uh, one band played yeah. a lot of churches, so they never shut down. Seventh-day slumber never shut down. Uh, they did, you know, ask during the heavy part of the pandemic to uh, to have people wear masks or try to social distance in some of the churches they played in. Um, but they never shut they never shut down. Yeah. Sorry, my, my battery's just going. So I'm oh, just get well, you know what? We'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this up. Peter, thank you for coming uh, on the show. I hear the baby yeah. in the background. Yeah, hang on. I've just got a charger here, so... Okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of wait it out yeah, here. We'll wait it out. Yeah. Sure. What's the weather like in the UK? Uh, a sunny and Today's quite warm. It's been really warm. So we've got a bit of a heat wave at the moment. <laughs> so, so, so what's warm? What's warm? He's going to give well, it to you in Celsius, man. Oh. <laughs> um, and yeah, in Celsius, like 17 degrees, 18 degrees. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Whatever. You, if you say 17 Fahrenheit, I know I go, yeah. that's what, that's just yeah. way too cold. Yeah. It's about, about 64 Fahrenheit, 70. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So you're enjoying that because normally it's cloudy and rainy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm fine now. I've, I've plugged my phone in. Oh, awesome. Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, Peter, what? where can people find Peter 108 and uh, the album? And tell me, give me all your plugs, man. Okay. So website, peter118.com. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, Peter118. On Twitter, Instagram, Raven Faith Records, Thumper Punk Records, um, PJF is on there. Um, Google Peter One One Eight, and it will all come up. Bandcamp, um, iTunes, Apple. Nice. And uh, you also got uh, PJF. Yes. And then you're also yeah. got a got a, a release on a on a mainstream label here, Eight Up Records. So uh, you can check them out there too. Yeah, we've got a physical release on 8UP Records, which is um, a secular punk label in America that came out last week. So a lot, of, a lot of the songs will be on that for physical CD, and that's five dollars in America. So um, that's a bargain. Import, yeah, that's a gallon of yeah. gas, Aaron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, or for Peter, it's a gallon of Petro over here. I don't know what is that. Four liters is a gallon. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to do all the math in my head, bro. Oh, man. <laughs> all right. Um, well, Peter, we're hoping to see you in the states. Yeah, we're hoping you, you come. make it. You make when, it. When, go ahead. When I can get there, yeah. When things open up, yeah. When things open up again, you get out to California. Um, we'll we'll go down to Amoeba. I think that would be fantastic to cruise Amoeba. Right, that's one of my favorite places. Is Amoeba Records? So, yeah. 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 What'd you think of it, by the way? What'd you think of Amoeba? It's it's amazing. All you know, when I was in um, LA, all the you know the record stores of the Damned and the Ramones. It was brilliant. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I call Amoeba a record store on steroids because it's just like if you can't find it there, man, you're not finding it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had 
um, I was on a Christmas album for Rodney Bingenheimer, and they were selling the records in Amoeba Music. Oh, cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I love Amoeba. So, all right. Peter, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, no, thank you. Please uh, come on again. You know, you got a next song coming out, next album coming out. You coming to America, whatever. Let's talk yeah, about it. Well and uh, anything I'm missing here, Aaron? I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, he, I covered it all. You covered it all. All right. Again, Golden, man. Again, thank you for coming on and uh, hope to see you in the States, uh, you know, when things open up. And yes, uh, definitely. that would be I'll great. Awesome. So, All right, Peter, thank you for thank coming you on the show. Much. This is the Rock Salt Musecast Experience. What's up, everyone? This is Ryan from Reborn, and you're listening to the Rock Salt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave.
waiting for the time Racing for the moment Can't make up my mind When the party's over Waiting for this life To come breaking in To come breaking in Calling out to you Waiting patiently Praising patiently Calling out to you Waiting patiently Can't wake up this life Can't wake up the moment Make up my mind when the party's over. Waiting in this life to come breaking in, to come breaking, waiting for the time. Racing for the moment. To you, waiting patiently, racing patiently, calling out to you, waiting patiently, waiting for the time, racing for the moment, can't make up my mind. Wake up this life. Can't wake up the moment. Can't make up my mind. When the party's over. Rocksalt Musecast Experience with Aaron and Dave. And uh hey, I I downloaded because you made me. Yeah. I downloaded and I fixed the whole Sometimes the teacher flashback. has to force the student to do the homework. You broke out the ruler and smacked my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like I was in parochial school. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so here we go, Aaron. Climb into the Wayback Machine because here it is. Okay. See? There you go. I, I kind of miss... The Digicon now. <laughs> you got to miss Digicon. Oh, okay. Um, Digicon. I don't. I don't. Uh, all right. No, all right, it flashbacks. sounds much better. 1998, but, uh, September. 1998, back in September. Uh, let me see. Oh, hey, here's a big one. 
Here's a real big one. Uh, September 4th, Google is formally incorporated by Larry Page and Sergey Brin, two students at Stanford University. Yeah, the page we have uh, here from onthisday.com, I guess, shows them a little older, but I, I would like to see pictures of how young they were when they started Two Google. geeky little college students. Oh, yeah. Right? That are now rich. Girls wouldn't rich. talk to them. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know that was Mark Zuckerberg, too. Oh, yeah. Girls were not talking to that guy. Yeah. Oh, you got money? Oh. Hey, what's your name? Yeah. You know what? Uh, the fatter your wallet is, the more attractive you become. Uh, <laughs> it, it's rich guys and rock stars. You yeah. Know? It, it's, you know. Which, by the way, uh, it used to be rich guys were rock stars. Now it's rich guys and rock stars because rock stars aren't as rich as they used to be. <laughs> but so these guys started Google, huh? Yeah. From Stanford. And I, and I, I believe uh, Zuckerberg was from Stanford as well. I could be wrong about that one. But uh, I know he was from, he was going to school at a Bay Area school. Um, Stanford's cranked out a lot of uh, prominent people. And, you know... I, I don't know if these two guys are still involved with Google. If it were me, I, I think I'd go the, you know, Tom from, from MySpace route and just sell out, take my millions, and retire to Hawaii. <laughs> I, I would probably still have some stock in Google to make a little extra money, but I'm not going to the office every day. That's for sure. Nah, you guys take care of that. That's what I hired you for. You yeah. take care of that, and I'm going to – I bought myself an island, so <laughs> – I'm going to, I want to tour the, you know, I'm going to be on the, on the yacht, you know, around my island. I got a smoking deal on this island. They said it was owned by this guy Epstein. I don't know, but it was a smoking deal. I couldn't pass it up. Oh, I had to get it. Man, <laughs> I don't know who that dude is. They seem to really not like him, but whatever, you know, I got to steal <laughs> his loss. My gain <laughs> also in September, uh, um, Ken Starr uh, uh, submitted Ken to Congress. You know, a lot of people did not like that dude. No. He submitted uh, to Congress uh, um, what he thought were 11 possible impeachment offenses. And so. And Clinton was impeached. He was impeached. He yes. was impeached. And, um, you know, nowadays, I don't know. I guess impeachment's a black mark on your record, but it's not the end of your career because Clinton went on to, you know, finish his terms. And by the way, uh, I'll say this up front. I liked Clinton as a president. I think he did a lot of good things. Did a lot of bad things, but he did a lot of good things. But um, whenever I follow this or see this Monica Lewinsky, you know, whole thing that he did, Back then, I used to blame her. I was young. I wasn't very involved, and I used to blame her. But as I got older and I had kids and, you know, you, your views on things change. Every time I see uh, a documentary about, you know, Clinton and Lewinsky or something like that, he is a straight-up predator. Preyed on that girl who was too young and she was caught up in the moment, and he forever altered her life. And I think he is just a straight-up piece of garbage for that. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I'll just let it be said that. So yeah, I think that's the best way I could say it. And the uh, top ten um, albums during the year 
uh, well, artist um, during September 1998. Um, Backstreet uh, Boys had an... Uh, you need some help, Aaron? No, Backstreet Boys had an album there, uh, Bare Naked Ladies, Sync. Oh, the Bare Naked Ladies. Snoop Dogg had one. Uh, the Hello Nasty Beastie Boys album was number two, mm-hmm. and uh, Follow the Leader by Korn um, was the number one album sales during September 1998. September 18th, which, uh, by the way, is my dad's birth date. Uh, Rush Hour, directed by Brett Ratner, starring Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, released and Jackie Chan's Hollywood Breakthrough. Yeah, that was the number one movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Number two was something. There's Something About Mary. Oh, that movie was so funny. We went and saw it in the theater, and you couldn't hear some of the lines because people were laughing so much. Number three was Blade. That was uh, Wesley Snipes, right? Oh, that's a great movie, too. Yeah, he, he kind of made a comeback a little bit with that movie. Number four was Saving Private Ryan, um, which uh, is probably being watched a lot now is what happened mm. in Afghanistan. And yeah. then uh, number five was Rounders. So oh, Rounders. number six was Ronin. I've seen that movie. Uh, that I haven't seen good. Ronin. I really wanted to like Rounders. I just couldn't get into it. Okay. Just couldn't get into it. Um, but let's see what else we got going on here. You got anything? Oh, look. Uh, the 32nd Country Music Association Awards Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood and George Strait win. Garth Brooks, I've seen him live. Fantastic show. Fantastic show. He's a great performer. Now, the the uh, bands that I... They're top albums. So, have you seen Korn? Uh, too many times to mention. There's certain okay. bands that I've seen too many times. Korn would be one of them. Styx is another one. Okay. Scorpions, and uh, I'm missing one. But uh, a lot of the times, they're on the bill with other bands I went to see, and I end up seeing them again. But I did see... Corn. I did watch back Corn from backstage at Aftershock one year, and it was fantastic. Uh, the number two um, selling album at that time was Beastie Boys. You seen them? No, I'm really sad. I never got to see the Beastie. And then number Beastie three Boys. was Snoop Dogg. We saw them last year. Snoop Dogg uh, was great. Yeah, he was great. Have you seen In Sync? No. Okay. And then the other one was. Uh, Backstreet Boys, which you're going to see. We're supposed to see. They, we're, we bought tickets to see them last year. It got postponed. And, year, and then, it was supposed now, to be this year, and it got postponed again to next, next year. year. So uh, I hope we really get this COVID thing under control so we can get back to somewhat normal life. Yep. And some of the bands from the uh, top 10 uh, in Christian music are the W's, Michael Dewey Smith, MXPX, uh, Point of Grace, Rich Mullins, Newsboys, and Trinity 5-7. So, Rich Mullins, you know, that's one of Deadson's favorite artists. Yeah. Yeah. He wrote some good stuff. I think one of the most popular worship songs, um, Awesome God, he wrote. And so... Too bad he's not around. He could do a tour with Sandy Patty. Yep. <laughs> so, our four <laughs> from the top ten are MXPX, Michael W. Smith, Point of Grace... And Newsboys. Four from ten on the Rock Salt Musecast experience. This is Keegan from Dead Sin, and you're listening to Rock Salt Radio. Rock Salt Day Peril, Aaron's out. Hey, Aaron, where can people contact us? On our email at rocksaltradio at gmail.com. Rocksaltradio at gmail.com. 
Rock Salt Musecast experience with Aaron and Dave. And Aaron, it's that time once again to take a dip in like me. It's Ask Ask Dave. Dave. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. We just got done with the Olympics a little while ago. Did we? I wasn't paying attention. I I don't think the world was paying attention. No, but... I wanted to ask you, what was your, what is your favorite Olympic moment of all time? Your favorite, not what would be the, the best Olympic moment. What, what, what's, what stood out to you? Well, uh, there's, uh, there's a couple that have okay, stood out ahead. to me. Okay, uh, of course, Nadia Comaneci, and that's going way back to the '70s, right? Because I think she, uh, what was that like, '76 or '74, something like that. Uh, obviously, I was way young, but I watched the movies. I watched, you know, all of that. And uh, she really kind of said, of course. And then uh, you got, uh, following kind of in Nadia's footsteps, you got uh, Kathy Lee. No, not Kathy Lee. What was her name? The Mary, little pixie. Mary, yeah. Uh, Mary Lee. Mary Lou, Mary, Mary Lou, Mary Lou Retton. Mary, yeah, that's right. Was that that's who it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the three named people. Uh, of course, you should, what a bottle of energy, and and uh, I think she brightens up any room. And, you know, I could be totally wrong. It, it, it could be one of those things where, oh, you don't live with her, man. You don't know. <laughs> no, I think she's a, a fantastic person. And uh, let me see. There, another, hmm, there was no. oh, you know, uh, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of the oddball on this one. The whole um, Nancy Kerrigan and uh, who's the who's the gal that uh, not uh, oh. Tanya Tanya Harding? Yes, I watched that one. The I, Tanya movie. Have oh, you seen that? That is a great movie, yeah, man. It is a great movie. That is such a great movie. I felt sorry for Ta- for Tanya after watching that movie. You do, yeah, man. Okay, going back to your story. Then. You do. Um, I kind of always liked Tanya Harding. And uh, I think she was kind of an outcast of this elitist sport of uh, figure skating because she didn't fit the mold. She wasn't rich. She lived in a trailer, you know, all those things. And But you cannot deny that she was a great skater and definitely gold medal material, right? Yeah, that would be correct. Okay. You're um, correct, sir. Thank you. And... Uh, now Nancy Kerrigan, she was good too. I didn't think she was as good as Tanya Harding, and um, as a society, we tend to overlook merit. You know who's better for tugging at the heartstrings or well, something she, that happened she was or more boy. graceful. Where Tanya Harding was more physical, she could do more of the stunts. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, wasn't Tanya Harding one of those things that was overshadowed? Wasn't she one of the first person to do, like, a triple axle or something like that? Yes. I mean, why can't we remember her for that? Oh, because we're remembering her for all the bad things that happened. And uh, (laughs) the loser boyfriend she had. Oh, man. Jeff Galuli. Oh, Oh, man. Oh, watch the movie, I, Tanya. Yeah. All right. It's a great movie. Let's move to the uh, second question here. Mm -hmm. What WWE or WWF good guy character would you have liked the scene go bad? Which, Which good guy you like? Man, I wish he was the bad guy. You know, I um, I identify more with the superstar era of WWF. Okay. 
because okay. it wasn't called WWE at that point. Okay. WWF and okay. Superstar era is you know the era with Junkyard Dog and Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Roddy Piper and you know all those old ones. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick from that era because I identify with it more. I watched it more. Um, good guy gone bad. Well, Hulk Hogan did go bad when he yes. when he went to the NWO. Um, Hollywood was, Hulk, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think of who was like squeaky clean back then, but it was Hulk Hogan who was really squeaky clean, and yeah. he did go bad when he uh, switched over to um, the competing federation. Uh, I'm trying to think of the name, and I it, can't think of the name. It of that. was always it's always easier to name a bad guy that you like to see him go good, but it's I I thought it was hard trying to figure out who what good guy out there. What yeah, like really is come well, and I mean, but like uh, Andre played the heel really well. Um, you know, I I was a big fan back then. I was a big fan of Junkyard Dog. I love the Junkyard Dog. Uh, Coco Beware. I was a big fan of his too. He come out with that cockatoo in his arm, and you know, uh, or Maybe on his shoulder, like Jimmy Fly Snooka went. Jimmy bad. Superfly Snooka. If he went bad, he would, you know. Maybe I like that. You know, he had a little evil side to him. Maybe, yeah, you know? maybe, maybe. Um, you know, that's a that's a tough one. That's one we would really need to ask Derek, my friend Derek, because he is a hardcore wrestling fan, and we got it's real. It's not fake. No, no, no. He's not like that at okay. all. But um, he would, uh, man. He'd have an answer for you for sure, for sure. All right, my last question. Maybe, here. hey, hey, let me Go throw ahead. this one out from Attitude Area. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin would have been interesting as a bad guy. Okay. I it, think he could have been very interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't think he I don't think he turned heel. No, but he could have. He could have. I, maybe I, like John Cena, too, could have turned bad. See, I'm not a big fan of that dude. No, well, I used to be until his comments I just recently. never was, though. Oh, I... That dude, you know what that dude looks like to me? Okay. He looks like the, the Johnny Cab from Total Recall. Did you ever see the picture of them, the two of them next to each other? No. Oh, I, I got to show you. Okay. Uh, Johnny Cab from Total Recall looks just like John Cena. <laughs> yeah. All right. The last question is, uh, we're going to go see Kiss uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, then we have Aftershock. So, the greatest rock and roll band in the world. Yeah. So I thought I would, uh, th there'll be a theme the next couple uh, acts, Dave's of uh, favorite songs by different bands. And so uh, what's your favorite three songs from Kiss? Three songs. All right. I'm glad you gave me three because I got a few. Uh, if you have more, that's great too, but I, I, at least three. Okay. Um, number one, well, in no particular order, number one, I love uh, Calling Dr. Love. That's just a great song. Uh, number two, hmm, now... It depends on what album it came from, okay? Uh, Deuce off of Kiss Alive 3 with the drummer Eric Carr. Yeah, Eric Carr. Because they had two drummers. One named Eric Carr, one named Eric Singer. I always get them confused. I think, yeah, I think it was Eric Carr. And uh, when you listen to Deuce live from Kiss Alive 3... You can hear how much better of a drummer that Eric Carr is over Peter Chris, the original drummer on that track. He is a hundred times better. And um, just like listening to uh, 
Matt Sorum do drum tracks for Guns N' Roses that Steven Adler originally did, you can hear how much better, and I love Steven Adler, but you can hear how much better Matt Sorum is as a drummer than Steven Adler. And that's what you can hear with Eric Carr and uh, Peter Chris. So, number two would be Deuce from Kiss Alive 3, but it's got to be the one from Kiss Alive 3. Uh, the third song. See, I, now I got to narrow it down to one song, and that's difficult for me. Um, I hmm. think you can do more, but if you want, just want to do one. No, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna go off of the. I think it's. I think the album's called Revenge. Um, there is a couple of good songs on there. Um, and I can't think of the names. But uh, I'll just throw that album, the Revenge album. It's so a great not album. Some that are really popular, like uh, Rock and Roll All Night. That's nah, not your okay. nah, I mean, I like those songs, but once again, working at a classic rock station, you played those all the time, and they're not fresh to me. And these are songs that I don't hear all the time, and so when I do turn them on, I'm like, yeah, I really dig that song. Well, thanks. That's the questions. Um, this is our last break of the day, and a lot of times we'll do, what did you learn today? What did and we I learn do, today? Well, I, I, I do have one thing. That if you're looking for Christian punk rock, I did not know this. Thumper Rec Records is... Thumper Pump Records. No, sorry. Thumper Punk Records. Records. Is, uh, but besides having a cool cool logo, <laughs> um, they're all Christian punk. So if you want to listen to Christian punk music, check out Thumper Punk Records. Check out Peter 1-1. One, one, um, I'm going to put out the call right now, Aaron. Yeah. If anybody from Thumper Punk Records is listening i would really 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 like a sticker or a t-shirt of the thumper punk rabbit okay. that's such a cool logo man i love it so check out peter 118 check out thumper punk records uh, that's what i learned today um i'll be checking them out myself and uh, we're gonna bring some of the bands on for sure from oh that yeah label. I, we need to go so. bang on their door once i found out they were in norcal man I was like, we got to just make and a drive. They do like a record f- festival or anything like that. We're going to be there. Uh, we're not going to be in the prayer pit. You know, we're a little old for that. I, I'm too doctor, old for the prayer pit doctor now. Doctor says no. Yep. Like this. But that's what we learned today. And so, hey, thank you everybody for joining us. And what do we say, Dave? Happy trails. Bye. <laughs>